Hello and welcome to the Hashtag Woke Settler Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Rice. In this episode, I'll be going over the healthcare, or lack thereof, in remote indigenous reserves and communities, their responses to the COVID-19 pandemic, and ways that this crisis can be fixed. So there are a couple reasons why Indigenous reserves have problems such as high disease and suicide rates. The main reason that these problems occur are barriers to healthcare. Many of these are outlined in an April 2016 article written by Jasjeet Gurea for the PPNG Review. The barriers mentioned are lack of transportation infrastructure, long wait times, high rates of staff turnover, harsh climates, and inadequate human resources. The lack of transportation is an issue because it is unreliable. It leaves patients with no other way to get help other than having the clinic walk them through the problem by phone. The long wait times are caused by the lack of staffing, and it can result in seriously sick people not being attended to. High rates of staff turnover is a big issue as well. The physical remoteness is disliked by many of the healthcare professionals, so they don't stay for long, which results in the doctor or nurse at the center not knowing the patients well enough. Harsh climates can cause mental and physical health issues or affect ability to get to the medical clinic. And finally, inadequate human resources will affect the amount of work that patients have to do on their own. This lack of health care has caused many unnecessary deaths from very preventative diseases. There are many healthcare workers, such as doctors, nurses, and pharmacists, who are working hard to figure out ways to help Indigenous communities. Now I'd like to take this opportunity to introduce someone who I got to have an interview with. Ashley Brunt is a pharmacist here in Bowmanville, as well as working remotely at the Sioux Lookout Mino Yawin Health Center, where there's a large Indigenous population. Okay, Ashley, so uh, a couple questions. Is it primarily Indigenous or white patients and doctors that you speak with? Primarily Indigenous. Okay, and how does the online hospital work? So I log on to the computer system and I have access to the pharmacy system as well as all the orders that the doctors write for the patients. So nursing will scan in the orders. I access them and I enter them into the pharmacy system. Once I enter them in the pharmacy system, the nurses can access the medications through a medication dispensing machine. And this way we can make sure that the proper medication is being picked and given to the patient. Okay, awesome. And finally, do you feel that telemedicine is uh, even more beneficial than regular healthcare on reserves or at least just up north where there's large indigenous populations? So telepharmacy is important in a lot of areas. So in the indigenous or northern areas, it's beneficial because it's hard to get pharmacists up there. So this way we are providing pharmacy care so they have access to us as a health professional. They can access and talk to us directly as well as us just entering their orders. But at pharmacies, even around here, it allows 24-hour pharmacy care. So the pharmacist is always available, whether they're on site or not. Awesome. Thank you very much for your insight. You're welcome. Again, that was Ashley Brunt, a pharmacist working remotely at the Sioux Lookout Hospital. 
So telehealth is a pretty up-and-coming concept for healthcare, and it can completely change healthcare on Indigenous reserves. It allows physicians to work in an urban hospital while also helping the Indigenous reserves. Dr. John Pavlovich is a Vancouver resident and doctor who also has experience with telemedicine. He works virtually at Tackle Landing First Nation, a remote Indigenous community in northern BC. In a video made by the Internet of Everything in 2013, he talks about how helpful it is to be able to be with his family more often, but still be able to see his Indigenous patients. He says, It allows me to listen to a patient's heart a thousand kilometers away and connect daily. They've never had regular, reliable access to a physician like they have now. Dr. Peter Apinga is a Haida Gwaii tribe member and doctor who is learning about telemedicine from Dr. Pavlovich. In the same video from before, he says, I definitely thought I could give back to my home reserve to bring better health care to the Aboriginal people. Even though it is not a widespread concept, telemedicine has proven itself to be very helpful, especially to Indigenous communities, where there is a lack of health care professionals to begin with. In the PPNG article that I mentioned before, there was talk of considerations for improvement of the Indigenous health care system. The four considerations were as follows. Quote, provision of culturally sensitive healthcare services, a shift towards preventative health promotion services, emphasis on local power and authority over healthcare services, and working with the Aboriginal communities, the provinces, and relative municipalities to deliver target services, unquote. These measures can be very helpful to reserves if they are introduced to their healthcare system. They will integrate Indigenous culture into healthcare, focus on ways to prevent healthcare problems before they even happen, like in the COVID-19 pandemic, and they will help the governing bodies work together to figure out the best way to take care of someone. Sadly, during this COVID-19 pandemic, Indigenous reserves did not receive much help from the federal or provincial governments, so it was mostly up to the communities to figure out their own ways to combat this virus. Many reserves do not get primary care during normal times, so it is no surprise that they are not receiving enough essential items like masks, gloves, and hand sanitizer. Dr. Lana Potts is a Pekinese Blackfoot doctor who works in an urban hospital in Alberta, as well as at the Siksika First Nation Health and Wellness Center. In an interview with the APTN, she talks about a stark contrast between the amount of care that patients receive due to the equipment that each hospital has. She says, quote, You see what's happening to First Nations people in communities is what's always been happening. They're not getting the care they're going to need, unquote. Luckily, the First Nations community was prepared for this pandemic, and as soon as the cases in Canada started to worsen, the reserve closed to all outsiders except essential workers like healthcare professionals. By doing that, they came close to eliminating the threat of COVID-19 and reserves because they knew how terrible it could be for them. Quote, we have a lot of people with those pre-existing conditions, and so if it was to take hold, we could be in a lot of trouble, unquote, says Dr. Ojisto Horn in an interview with the APTN. Dr. Horn is an Indigenous physician who works at the Aquasesne Medical Clinic. She also pointed out how reserves contain a lot of multi-generational housing, which could cause many problems with the community's elders. Older people are more susceptible to the virus, and if COVID got into a house with different generations, it would probably kill many elders in each community, 
causing havoc as elders are very important to indigenous cultures. In a video made by Alberta Health Services, Dr. Potts explains the dangers that the virus poses to elders and subsequently their reserves. The idea of being called an elder means you have knowledge. And it's important that we recognize it's not just about losing old people, it's actually losing the foundation of where we come from. And the foundation of our elders builds not only just our health, it builds our governance, it builds our laws, it builds our community, that everything really lies on those people we identify as elders. As Dr. Potts says, elders are a big part of their society and without them they lose a valuable part of their culture and tradition. So because of that reason, the vast majority of Indigenous people dug in and shut down to protect their elders. They were taking preventative measures, which is a helpful way to correct Indigenous health care. There's not much for the average person to help with in this fight to have fair health care, but some of this stems from anti-Indigenous racism. So if you hear people spreading stereotypes about Indigenous people, please stand up to those people and help educate them, as well as continuing to educate yourself on this topic. By eliminating anti-Indigenous racism outside of the hospital, we could save some lives in hospitals across the country. Another way to help is by raising awareness and as I said before, teaching yourself and others about the lack of healthcare that occurs in Indigenous communities. Once again, I've been your host, Grant Rice, and thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Hashtag Woke Settler Podcast.